0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to your Wrong. Luciano, what is everybody wrong about today?
1: The way that they're spending their time during quarantine, Matt. And I will tell you not just why, I will also tell you what to do. So um, this is a time right now where everybody is stuck inside. Um, there's no parties to go to. There's no concerts to go to. There's no movies to go watch unless you're Netflixing or whatever. So I feel that this is a time where people can get to doing the stuff that they've always said that they would do, but they were always like, oh, I don't have enough time, I don't have when to do this, blah, blah, blah. So one of the first things I wanted to suggest is sort of like a multimedia thing, which is The Witcher. So I don't know if everybody listening to this knows, but The Witcher started as a series of books written uh, starting in the 90s. By uh, a Polish author whose name I'm not going to butcher here, but I, I feel everybody has heard of it in one way or another. Um, but there's also obviously the games and the series. So I want to before I start talking extensively about this, um, I just want to ask you, like, if you're going to suggest the first thing you would suggest. For people to get into, what what would you suggest before I get into my long-winded rant about how everybody should be watching and playing and reading The Witcher?
0: Right. So instead of of the, I'm going to estimate 5,000 hours they're going to lose to, to Witcherdom, <laughs> do you want me to give them an alternative to, to that? If you have one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Gears of War on that one. Um, it's obviously primarily a video game, although there have been numerous books written. Uh, and you can read those at your peril. But uh, I think that is a a really fun story. It's been going on a long time now. I think we're up to five main games and a couple of offshoot games. Um, and, and one of the best benefits is that if you have uh, your Xbox Live paid up, there's a number of those games that are basically free. So you can access them today. Uh, but I'll get into why you should do that after you explain to people why they should give their life over to The Witcher.
1: Okay. So it's not really a long-winded explanation, I don't think, but it is, it is going to be a lot of time. So there are seven books or main books, and then I believe there's an eighth book that is, came out that is set uh, a long time in the future from the seventh book, and it's sort of kind of conflicting a little bit with the games. I haven't read that one, but I, had, I read sure. all seven books, I've played all three games and I've watched the first season of the series and I'm not going to get into an analysis, an in-depth analysis of any of those. One, because we can make a podcast of each and two, because (laughs) it's not the purpose of this right now. But, but I, so the main, I I will tell you and everybody listening why it was so appealing to me um, from various angles. So I started with the game, so I uh, I played Witcher One, Witcher Two, and then Witcher Three before I read any of the books. And I I was playing the third game while I started the first book, and I'm pretty sure okay. I finished the first book before the game. But anyway, how, how bo- long
0: did you play that third game?
1: I uh, three hundred hours. How many hours? Three hundred or so. Three hundred.
0: Do you just before you
1: scare everybody? Do you think they will need to play it for 300 hours? No, 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 no. You don't have to be okay. like I am. Don't, don't right. ever be like I am. Um, that's, yeah. That's
0: words to live by. Never yeah. be like Luciano.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you can get done, get it done in like 50 or something. 75. Okay.
0: That's, that's much more reasonable.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a completionist and I, I like to get into every nook and cranny of the game. And that's, that's why it takes that long. Um, Which, foreshadowing for, you know, a few minutes from now, when I talk about divinity, original sin, you know, later. Anyway, so the first thing that I liked when I went to read about the whole uh, body of work on The Witcher is that, unlike, I guess, the vast majority, if not all of of the, uh, like, books that became movies or books that became games... It's not a retelling of the same story. It's actually the games are actually a sequel to the story of the books. Which so that's I found why one,
0: of the, one of the books is like in the future because it can talk about what happened in the games. Basically,
1: I think so. I, like I said, I haven't read that book, and I, as I understand sure. it, it's just a collection of stories. It's not really like a full right. book. Which, by the yeah. way, is how the first two books are set as well. They're just a collection of stories about Geralt, yeah. um, and, and people around him. And it, it's only on the third book that it actually starts being, like, a more cohesive story per book. But um, sure, it, they're all moving in the same direction anyway, so that, that's okay. Um, yeah. But, like, so what I liked about the games was that I didn't need to know really anything about the books to play. I enjoyed the story, and I was, like, there's obviously the, uh, the nod here and there to whoever read the books on the games, but you don't need it. <laughs> and so when I went to read the books... Um, There was an expect. I wasn't like I didn't have the story super spoiled. Yes, there is aspects of the story that were spoiled to me because of the games, because you you, they they reference things, especially on the third. The third game is the one that spoils the most. So, if you haven't done anything regarding The Witcher, don't play the third game until you read the books. I wish I had done that because the 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 games do spoil the book, and the books wouldn't spoil the game. So the first. Because the, on the first two games, he has amnesia or whatever. And then... Um, so the sto- he doesn't even remember the story. On, on the third game, more of the story comes around uh, that is pertaining to the books. <clears throat> but then one thing that I liked about the books was that because obviously I didn't read it in Polish because I don't speak Polish. So I read it in English. And th- what I really liked about it was that... Um, because it is written in from a different like it's it's set in a specific time or it was written in a specific time in Pol in poland's history right when you know they, the 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 ussr had just fallen so the whole thing with the communism and all that stuff had just started to unravel and so People were there was there was a uh, and in you know people should go read about this because it's really interesting in, in the in the context of the books. I'm not saying you should go study politics unless you want to, but it's there's this whole alle- allegory that the the books do, especially the first ones regarding you know the situation in Poland at the time, and there's a specific school of writing that the the Andre Sapoj. So, see, I, said I, wasn't gonna I thought you weren't
0: gonna do that. Yeah. And
1: now I now I did. So and you shouldn't have. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Witcher guy. The Witcher author.
0: Much better, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the author goes he uses that as an allegory for uh, the way that uh, the situation was in Poland or something like that. But yeah. my point with all of this is that it makes for a very different kind of reading if that makes any sense. So I'm used to reading books written here in North America or in Britain. Right. And, and they all have this similarity between them as far as writing goes. And you can tell that this was written by someone with a very different cultural make and, and, and background yeah, because of the way the words are written and the, like the choice of the turn of phrase, the choice of sentences that he makes. It's very interesting to, to see how that plays out in written form,
0: and would you say it's it's more difficult to read because it's it's you know like you said it's written in Polish and it's translated to English? Does that make it harder to understand some stuff? A, or? a
1: little bit, especially because the first books, they I don't think it's easy to find the official translations, um, and so you get like you know an uh, unofficial, uh, still pretty good translation, but like there are like terms that they translate in a different way and names that they translate in a different way. But the most difficult thing to read is really because as much as you try to adapt something that's written in another language to the language you're translating to, there's some turn of phrase that stays. Like if you, if you watch anime with subtitles, you can see that the subtitles are like, nobody would ever say that in English actually, but it conveys the message. So it has, it has that kind of feel where, you know, I was reading with with Fran, with my wife, and and she was like, at some point she was like, "Why is everybody yelling in this book?" It's like it's you know, there's this sort of like people are calm and then people are yelling and then people are not, and I think that comes from trying to translate the the way that he wrote, and it didn't really come off as what he intended because there's a cultural thing there. So it's right. a very it's a very refreshing read, in in okay. in many ways, right? So that so that's yeah. why I like the books. The games are just good games. Right? And yes. and especially the third game is amazing and the first game has gameplay problems, a lot of them. Um, you know, combat is is not good and <clears throat> character development is not good, but like trying to advance your uh, Geralt in in power it's it's terrible. The second game fixes it and the second game stands as one of the few games that actually replayed, you know, played more than once because I usually don't do that. And so the second chapter is completely different depending on what you decide at the end of the first chapter. <clears throat> and it was so compelling that I thought, yeah, I have to play this twice. And, and I don't regret it at all. Um, and then we go to the series. So the problem with me recommending the series right now is that I'm coming, I came to it as a as a fanboy already. Which, you know, masks you know my actual what what i would actually think of it if i came at it fresh
0: sure well we're not we're not trying to give people a critique of it we're just trying to tell them what they should be doing to enjoy their free time so you can probably not get too far into it
1: and i won't i would i would just say that if you enjoyed the books and the games you will enjoy the series you will be mad at it to some extent because there are changes that make no sense but for the most part is a very interesting portrayal of the story of the first few books. Sure. And, but let's, and, let's, and Harry Campbell does say, a great job. That's yeah, I was going to say
0: like, if you're telling
1: people to do this stuff and they haven't done it, what are they going to think about the TV show? Oh, that is a good question. Uh, it's going to be confusing as hell. I'm going to say because uh, they try to use some visual language to, because there's a lot of time shifts in, in between scenes. Where it goes to the past, it goes to the present, it goes to the past again, it goes to the present. And because most characters don't age, and this is just part of the way that they are, like who they are, the sorceresses and, and the witchers, like they it's they age very slowly, if at all. So you can't tell by their appearance if they're older or not. Or it's very hard to do so. There, there are hints, and I don't want to give anything away. But they're going to be very confused. So I honestly don't recommend watching the... The series as the first thing you do, because I think you're going to be confused. It's it's going to be less enjoyable.
0: Would you say that people have to watch a certain number of episodes before it'll lock in for them?
1: Yeah, and and it will either lock in or they're going to go, okay, no, this is a confusing mess. I don't care yeah. about but this like, anymore. Like
0: episode four, episode five. Like, where how far would they have to get before it's going to
1: uh it's been a while since I watched it, but I I would say I listened to episode three I could don't make a judgment call into episode three. Right. I would say three or four. Yeah.
0: Okay. So so of all those things, let's say someone has is interested but they have limited time. Which of the three you kinda I guess you kind of already chopped off the the T V show. If they've never done any of this, which of the three should they should they do?
1: Uh well I'm biased towards games, so go play the games. But um sure. How how is it that people don't have time right now?
0: Well, listen, not everybody <laughs> just wants to do one thing. Like if enough. they want to do The Witcher and then they want to check out Gears of War, right? Like if you're saying well, play the games, that's they get they get the taste of The Witcher and then they can go play Gears of War, and then if they get bored, they can come back and watch the show or something.
1: So here's what would be my suggestion. If you don't care about spoilers, go play the third game. Because it's the best one of the of the series by far. Yeah. If you do care about spoilers for the books, go play the second game. Uh, like you can read about the first game. Don't play the first game. It's old and it didn't age well and it wasn't even that good to begin with. Read a little bit about the the first game. Uh, Go play the second game and then see if you enjoy the the story, the setting, the the characters, and then go from there. That's what I would suggest.
0: Okay. And the the games are relatively cheap you can catch them on sale on any, oh yeah on, on gog
1: or steam yeah go, like uh, good old games often the city project red has a very the, the developers of the games they have a very good uh, very tight knit relationship with good old games so it's often in on sale and they have you can get the whole bundle if you want yeah
0: yeah i think they actually own it but uh, we don't need to go worry about too much about that great
1: on your side, what would you yeah. what would be your number one thing to suggest?
0: It's Gears of War. Um and like I said, it's it's a fun gameplay experience. There are 5 games now. You can jump in at the beginning. They they redid the first game maybe 4 or 5 years, well, maybe longer than that now. But recently, uh, so it's been up res. they've cleaned it up. It looks really fun. It's really good. Um, and, and it's, the story is a lot of fun. The gameplay mechanics are really good. They're they're the first ones to sort of use that cover and shoot technique. uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah. It added that sort of element to the genre, but the story is just really well done. Um, you know, it's a co-op game. You can play every game with a friend. So that's definitely a bonus, uh, couch co-op or online. Um, but there's, they're, they're fun stories. I mean, basically the idea is humanity lives on this earth, this earth-like planet called Sarah. Um, and they're attacked by, let's call them aliens, but the creatures live on the planet. So they're attacked by, oh God, there's so many things swirling my head. Uh, the horde, the locust, can't remember which ones. Um, and so you're fighting those attacks off and, and, uh, it's got sort of a sci-fi element to it. A lot of technology, like the hammer of Dawn you used to like blow things up from the sky. Um. You play as one main character, Marcus Phoenix, for the first three stories. Um, they do a lot of work in sort of building a story between those characters and the world. Um, and it's just its just, I think it's really well done for a first-person shooter. There's no press F to pay respect scenes or anything weird like that, but there are emotional arcs for the characters that pay off by the, the third uh, third Gears of War game at the end of it. Uh, and then there's the, the second set uh, Gears of War Four and then Gears five that sort of follow a new bunch of characters you can if you want to kind of jump in there if you don't want to go back to play those old games, you can jump in there uh, and those games are really fun, and even the fifth game Gears Five opened up into a more of a a first person shooter slash a, a open world style game where you can go pick the areas you want to visit and the things you want to do, which added a nice element uh, to the gameplay
1: so. That, that actually sounds very interesting. I didn't know that. I, I've heard of the Gears of Wars uh, series. I never played any of it. Um, yeah. But did you say, so you said you can play co-op any of the games, right? But then yeah. you also said that you follow one main character. So how does that work when you're playing co-op?
0: So it's like, it's, the, I, I, it's probably not fair. Like you play If you're playing alone, you play as the main character. But there are always two to four people with your group. Uh, in in the first three games, it's always Marcus Phoenix uh, and then Dom, um, and then the new games. Uh, the first one is JD, which is Marcus Phoenix's son, um, uh, and there's another character whose name escapes me right now that you're playing as. But they your crew will have like up to four people, and they'll kind of flip in and out, um, and so that way when you're playing just the two of you, it's always you and Dom or. Or you and JD and, and the other guys. So there's always a, a secondary character who has a storyline and interacts with the first character through each stage of the game. So so that way you're always having somebody you can jump in and out with um, when you're playing those games
1: uh, together. Is the storytelling in the game like? Um, do they tell it with like the missions and the things you do, or do, is there like a lot of like whatever codex entries and stuff like that to?
0: there are a light amount of Codex entries. Like you can pick up stuff around the world and to kind of explain things in the background. But generally it's, it's you have the plot, you do the missions, and then there are cutscenes that kind of fill in the plot and kind of push the story forward. So yeah. so in the case of like Gears 5, the most recent one, um, you play primarily as uh, Kate Diaz and then your your Dell is with you the most of the story. Uh, so it's just the two of you going around and doing stuff. So if you're playing as a co-op, someone would play Dell and someone would play uh, Kate um in the case of the older games it's it's the same thing and so you would play through you would do the mission and then at least those two characters would talk to each other and talk about their history and their past and like people would kind of flow in and out to kind of build out an actual story world but you primarily stick with the two characters at a minimum and if you're playing those missions those characters are there they're helping you if you die they help pick you up as ai or someone can jump into that mission and play as those actual characters that's that's pretty neat actually yeah they've even branched out to um they made a well it's a pop game like you know the the little toys pops um it's basically a clash of uh clash of clans don't bother playing it it's not fun (laughs) it's just the money it's it's, i tried it It, like it's cool because the gears things and you get the gears you know lancers and and you know the boomers and all those types of things you want to see but it's so transparently a money grab. It's just not, not right. fun. Um, and they just released very recently. I finished it. They have a tactics game they made. Um, and it was actually really well done. It tells a story before sort of all the gears, the mainline stories happen. Um, but they do a good job of mixing those cutscenes and playing. You know, I mean, a like tactics XCOM? style game. Yeah, kind of like XCOM. Um, you Basically, yeah, it's basically XCOM. Yeah, you move, you make your move, then the other guys make your move. Um, the one thing I'll say about that, um, is it was really fun, but there are certain characters that, as you play them, you really get to understand that these character classes are much more powerful than other ones. And I played on the, the, the sort of standard skill level. If you play at a harder level, maybe there's different going on, there's a difference there, but there's a bit of There's something for everybody. You could play a tactics game. You could play a first person shooter game. The latest one has open world elements and you kind of can customize um, this robot called Jack, which does, he can help you by doing different abilities. So they're sort of building it out into a more robust game, which is, which is nice to see.
1: That's pretty cool. And did you say they branched out into like books? Did you read any of them? Yeah, there are a number of books. I read
0: one of them, um, I think it was Emergence Day it was called. So basically the idea is that everything's peaceful in the world and they have this, the COG, which is the uh, coalition of governments and that's that's basically who they run the planet. And Emergence Day is when all these creatures there were living under the underground pop out and start murdering everybody and that's why you're playing these games and trying to fight um, all these monsters that come along. And like all good video games, they add a, you know, a third enemy who comes out of the woodwork, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and like sort of one of the hallmarks of gears of war is obviously you can melee people to finish them so when you shoot them they fall down and they're kind of dead and you're kind of like moving around to get a buddy to pick you up and they have finishing moves which is primarily chainsawing someone in half as an example nice Um, they they don't spare on the blood and guts there's lots everywhere it's a very uh visceral game in that respect
1: and do you would you say people should play the games first or read the books first
0: Oh, don't don't read the books. Like if you if you're a pure reader, read the books. But the books are just fillers for the game. You should just play the games. If you if you if you want to get the the best story, I think is the first three games: Gears of War two and three. Um, and there's a a, a filling game there called Judgment. Uh, but you know, uh, if you want, you can just start with the new the new games: Gears four and Gears five. Um, which sort of starts the story off. And it's a more modern look. Gears 4 was made in 2016 and Gears 5 was 2019. Whereas the original Gears of War came out in 2006. So, um, you know, your mileage may vary in terms of the the quality of gameplay, but the price point may be
1: better on that point. It's the same thing with The Witcher, really. 2007, 2011, 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. As a fun fact... um, I think the opening song, or at least one, a song somewhere on Gears Four, uh, was written by Megadeth, and it's on one of their albums.
0: It's Interesting,
1: aptly called "Gears of War." Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good song. It's a good song. Sweet.
0: So, uh, what else? What? What's something else people should be doing with their time?
1: So, <clears throat> before I go into the the, the, the utter the generacy of me playing Divinity and recommending it. Um, I actually wanted to recommend people to kind of get and go do, you know, something different that they've always said that they would do. But again, it was like, oh, I don't have any time or I don't know when I'm going to fit this in my schedule. Um, and I've done that with singing. So I've talked about this um, in some podcast that, you know, for you guys listening might be in the future or the past. We'll never know. But, um, I've always liked singing, but I never took any classes. Um, I mean, unless karaoke conscious classes, in which case I took some, I, I don't, don't think any did. of
0: us were learning as we screamed at the top of our lungs to toxicity while being half shrunk, but you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. So I've started, uh, about two months ago. Um, yeah, a little, a little under two months, a month, a month and a half ago, I started taking singing classes and it's. The reason I'm recommending and I'm not recommending you take on singing unless it's something you like, but I'm recommending trying something that's outside of things that you normally do. And I know a lot of people, uh, they like traveling and, you know, every trip is different. No matter, you know, where you go, it's going to be a different experience, which is something I'm not that keen on. But, you know, I have a lot of things that I love to do that are mostly the same and I do them a lot, playing games, listening to music, reading books, whatever. But I, I tried this one thing outside of my quote-unquote comfort zone um, because I had never had anybody professionally analyze, you know, when I sing. And it does, it's, it's not like I didn't know there was going to be things to change and things to improve, but it does get me out, like l- me doing the things that I thought were singing, Or practicing and then now actually having a teacher tell me this is what you do to practice and this is why you're doing this and all that stuff. Uh, It is definitely a change of pace for me. And I found that it's with the whole lockdown thing, it does give you, you know, a little bit of a breath of fresh air in the absolute routine that we. because, you know, some people have more, some people have less routine. I'm a person that I don't really care too much about having a routine, but having it so stifling the way that it is being, you know, inside and, and not being able to do anything different, having something like that, that's completely different from everything I do in other times is actually a good breath of fresh air, metaphorically, obviously, um, to doing something that like, this is not what I'm used to doing. This is not something I can do by rote, Because I'm not used to it. This is something I have to think about and experience and go through. And so I would highly recommend people to pick something that you've always said you wanted to do or try and try it. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And obviously, if you can't afford it, if it costs money and it doesn't work, then you stop. Right? But I think it's a good idea to try and get away from doing the same thing over and over and over again
0: also i think that there are so many avenues right now that you could find something for free to get you kickstarted, right like yes taking music lessons you're able to afford someone to teach you but maybe it's just watching some videos on youtube to practice techniques there's ways there's ways you can do it we're definitely. in the age of of having access to, to everything yeah so for your lessons like have you been able to like not only learn but like practice more and with more meaning basically
1: oh yeah definitely yeah i uh I didn't think I was going to be as as diligent as I have been I have been being English is weird sometimes, but yeah, um, I've been practicing uh five days a week for like half an hour doing the warm ups and now after the first month, we picked a song and I'm practicing that song, and I'm learning thing all sorts of fun things like you know you don't know how to pronounce the vowel e. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it's basically you know things I would never think about having heard the person, like the actual vocalist sing that song, and then me trying to copy them. There's two problems with that, three, actually. One, you should never copy. This is something my my teacher told me. You should never copy someone. You should just sing it as you. Don't try to copy their voice, which is something I always did. Two, a lot of those people don't have any technique. So if you sing like them, you're going to fuck up your voice. Which I also, I knew some of them weren't that good because you can look at someone like Vince Neil from Mockley Crew, how he sounded back then and how he sounds now. Yeah, that guy didn't take care of his voice. But I didn't know it was so widespread and, you know, people just singing by the seat of their pants, basically. And some of them got training later in their career and then they were able to keep their voices like Bruce Dickinson, for example, Dio. Uh, even though, you know, he's passed away now in 2010, but he was able to keep yeah. his voice throughout his whole career. Other people, not so much. And also there are a number of things that even vocalists with good techniques do things that they do that are bad and that they choose to do because they know much better their instrument and, and they know how far they can take it and on so forth. So if I try to sing like they do, that's bad technique and that bleeds into other things. Right. So those are the kinds of things that I was like, "Wow, I never thought of that. I never thought that, you know, I shouldn't like one thing that my, my teacher just keeps telling me every time because it's the same song. And he says, you know, sing the vowel, don't just eat the vowel and sing the next consonant and hold it. Like I would never, I would never have thought of something like that ever. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I've, I've been, it's, it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot more meaningful. I mean, I, When I'm singing something, I'm thinking about it. Is this how you're supposed to breathe here? Is this how I'm supposed to pronounce this word? You know, why did they change? Like, you know how, you know a little bit of Metallica, obviously. You know how um, James Hatfield sings said but true, not said but true. So James Hatfield does that for affectation, but there's actually reasons for you to modify the sound of something because otherwise you wouldn't be able to reach it or you would hurt your, your throat if you did it so yeah, it's very, it's very much, much more meaningful now than it mm-hmm. was. That's good. Yeah, yeah. How, how about you, Matt? Anything on that? Same li- I think I mean, it's on the
0: same line, um, yeah. but but for me, it's it's cooking because, and I think it's a little different because, unlike saying go do something you haven't, you've always wanted to do, but you haven't had the time to do, like you have with music. Everybody needs to learn how to cook to some degree.
1: One hundred percent. Yes.
0: And and I think. You should really spend some time now while you can learning the basics. And I know you're all going to say, I know how to cut vegetables. I know how to cook steak, et etc." et cetera. And listen, I'm, you know what the name of this podcast is. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> you're probably very wrong because yes, you are cutting vegetables and you are cooking a steak. But in many cases, there are right ways to do things and wrong ways to do things. And if you were to just go and watch videos to learn how to cut properly, learn proper knife skills, it's not that what you're doing is wrong and it's going to make a bad thing, but you're wasting so much time and energy when you could have such faster food prep so that instead of you being like, I don't want to cook dinner, it's going to take an hour and a half, you're like, I can cook dinner, it's going to take... 35 minutes because now I'm not spending in half an hour to forty five minutes cutting vegetables. I'm ripping through that in like ten minutes. You're also and
1: not I, probably not fucking up your knives if you're cutting them with them properly, right?
0: Yeah. And and I mean, listen, you should probably spend some money on good knives, but I'm not here to tell you how to spend your money on this podcast. I'm just saying the things you can do for free right now that's gonna improve improve your life and improve your cooking skills. Um so like you can go on so many different YouTube channels and watch chefs do things and see what they do. Even if you're just watching a cooking show, you know, one of my favorite shows is, is good eats uh, by Alvin Brown. And I don't know if you can find that, but they explain not just what they're doing, not just the ingredients, but the why and starting to piece together some of the, why they do certain things and why they think certain ways will help improve, improve your cooking um, in, in ways you probably don't think about. And so the next time you do it, the food's going to taste better. It's going to be made faster and, and you're going to have a better time. You're going to impress your friends. It it, it just, it's going to raise your quality of life in a way that you probably didn't think was possible.
1: Yeah. And I think like beyond even just learning how to do it properly, a lot of people don't know how to do it, period. A lot of people don't know how to cook and, and that's, that's a life skill you need. If you're an adult, basically, yeah, like, yeah.
0: If you value your money, yes, you can buy your meals every day. Right? You
1: no, know. it's not just about money; it's about health too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because right? most most places aren't up there to make healthy food for you; they're up there to make good food for you. And if they're making it healthy for you, you know they're charging you an arm and a leg. Like, you know, you think yeah. of all those places like Fresh or you know salad places; it's like fifteen bucks in Canada to get a lunch, but. I promise you, you can make that for four five? or five dollars. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and I, I think that goes again towards you know uh, what I was saying. is the same thing. Like, just go 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 learn something and and make it meaningful, right? It's just, don't just chop vegetables with an axe. Like, learn how to do that properly. And maybe even fi- learn to find some enjoyment in that part of the, the process, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. And it also helps you. I think the biggest thing I've struggled with is learning when to do things, right? Like how do you cook more than one thing at a time and managing your time? And I think learning that stuff will also cut down on the amount of time you're doing those things. Instead of three hours to cook, it's an hour and a half because you figured out all the pieces to work at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that seems like good advice.
0: All right, we got time for for one more. You said you wanted to talk about Divinity. You're gonna have to make this quick.
1: Oh, it will uh, be quick. It will be okay. quick. Um, because I haven't played it. Well, yeah, I haven't played it a lot. I've, it's like under thirty hours now. Yeah. But I can tell.
0: <laughs> I can I like tell. Thirty hours is a lot for you, or not it, a lot for you?
1: It's not. I I'm on okay. chapter one still. <laughs>
0: well, I don't, we don't have time. Continue.
1: Yeah. No, I was just going to say this is probably a game I wouldn't have picked up uh, yet if I didn't have so much free time on my hands because this is one of those that I know is going to take me forever. And, you know, like you can choose, you know, to be a grumpy old shit like Matt and, and, you know, say, oh, you played this for 300 hours. I look at it for as like I only paid this amount. Actually, this one was gifted to me, but I only paid this much money. And look at how much entertainment I got out of it. Uh, So I look at it from a positive way. Uh, The one
0: time you look at something positively. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. You should learn more from me. Um, uh, Even though I just said in the beginning, you should never be like me. Um, But (laughs) like, um, but yeah, like this is also a time for you to pick up that one game you're, you know, or that one thing, a game, a book, uh, a TV series. Um, you know, like oh, never watched Friends. I really want to watch it. It's ten seasons. Yeah, now you have time. Go watch it. Right, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But pick the one thing that you know w- you would dive into and like normally have no time to do anything else. But since you don't have anything else to do anyway, just go do that. That because that that might be a good good way of not like if if you buy a game for thirty five bucks or or whatever and it entertains you for hundreds of hours, that's just good money to spend, right? It's, it's quote unquote, a free way or almost free way to spend a lot of time without having to worry about, do do I have to pay for this? Do I have to, you know, purchase something else? Right. So that, that's kind of where I'm going with this. Like just find something that you know you would dive deep into and just, you know, feel okay with diving deep into it. It's fine.
0: Are you talking about divinity? Are you still ranting about the do something you should do from the previous point?
1: No, 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 Divinity. Like <laughs> I, I would probably not have picked up Divinity otherwise, right. if if it weren't on lockdown. Because I, the moment I started, I'm like, oh, this is gonna take forever, and then I would probably have switched to something faster. Right. But because in the situation that we are now, might as well just dive deep, right? Sure. Why? Why Divinity? Tell people why they should jump. Oh it. well, I mean, for me, it's because honestly, it's even, and I'm a. I'm a super Bioware bitch, so I usually swear by their RPG games. Um, and I still do. I love them and I love their storytelling. But Divinity has this thing that I don't think I've ever played a, a computer RPG game that mimics the tabletop experience so closely. Like, And they obviously, take this with a grain of salt because it still has to be a lot more scripted and a lot more narrow than a, a proper RPG experience would be. But the amount of choices that you have to do things, the way to do things, the amount uh, like and just the little details of consequences of little things. Oh, you've went this place first and now, you know, the guys that you're supposed to save died because you didn't go there first or, um, you know, oh, I wanted to uh, buy this thing, but I don't have the money. So I'm just going to kill that guy and I'm going to steal it from them. And then affect something else later because you know, oh, you killed my whatever friend, and now I'm gonna attack you. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not not something you usually see, especially nowadays, on on uh, on uh, computer RPG games, where not only do you get to make your choices as to how you go about doing things, but also every almost everything you do has consequences. You can't just go opening every single container and stealing things. There's consequences you can get. Like questioned by guards, or you can get you know called out on for robbing people, and um, that kind of stuff. You can also barter with almost anybody in the game. It's not just traders. It's like, oh, this guy's a trader. No, you can every every conversation you have has a little icon you can click. Almost all, and you can click on it and and have a trade with with somebody. So it, it like it mimics so well the the experience of playing with humans. And it can also play it in multiplayer too. They can, can all four people of your party can be people, and not even everybody has to have the game. You can do like remote stream, like through Steam. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so there's plenty of reasons to choose, like to, to go after. If if RPG is your thing, then Divinity is definitely going to be your thing. Sweet. How about you? Um, One last thing.
0: Yeah. No. Listen, this is going to come as a shock to people why I'm recommending this, because I know everybody's already heard about it, but it's, it's Batman. <laughs> um, let me be clear here. I'm not saying go and watch all, everything to do with Batman, because there's about a billion things. But w- what I suggest you do is go check out some of the things you would normally not have done for Batman. Uh, as an example, I'm sure most people have watched the Christopher Nolan movies, but maybe go back and watch the original ones you know, the ones that are done by Tim Burton and then the ones that are done by, uh, uh Joel Schumacher and, and sort of really feel out why, how good and why the NOLA ones are so much better. Um, <laughs> the yeah. first couple of Tim Burton ones are pretty good, but it gets wild. Uh, it gets very campy. If you want camp, go all the way back to the the TV, sh- the live action TV show. And like, was it, like the fifties or sixties?
1: Sixties. Yeah. 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 Check out that West. stuff. Um,
0: There's and there's so many other like animated movies you might want to check out. I just finished watching, um, Batman or Ninja Batman or Batman Ninja on Netflix, Um, and it's basically uh, it's an anime that was done um, with Batman in mind, and Batman and all the villains, all the major villains get sent back to fetal Japan, and it's it's done in anime style. It's it's subtitled in English, but it's mainly done in Japanese, and it's just. It's an interesting take. It's very accurate on on Batman and Joker and their relationship, but it's a really cool, interesting take on that sort of the whole Batman um, family and and world, um, but with a, a unique Japanese twist. Um, and And it, if if it's it's super polarizing, it's very. It takes a lot from anime. So if you like that style, you really enjoyed. If you really hate anime, that might not be for you. But you know, it's it's something that's really interesting. Um,
1: where where can I find this? It's on Netflix. Oh, okay. I know what I'm doing right after this.
0: Yeah, um, and, and it's fascinating. But there and there's so many other things that uh, I mean the Batman animated the original animated series. Well, I shouldn't say the original; it's like 400. But um, <laughs> the, the animated series, I think it's the one that's around um, 92. Um, is very iconic, um, and there's also Batman Beyond, which is another very very huge. Uh, Batman cartoon uh, but there's so many of them that you should check out uh, because they add to the Batman lore uh, you know for example uh, if we're talking about um, the original Batman uh, cartoon that was on in 92 uh, let me just find it here um, you know that's the, the voice the voice that was used it for Batman has pretty much been been the voice that's been news in almost every other thing every other cartoon all the video games are done by kevin kevin conroy yeah yeah yeah. he's great he's he's amazing that's where he starts and he's such as soon as you hear his voice you're like you know that's batman it's like when you hear homer simpson's voice you're like that guy's homer simpson even when you see him like he was in some random stargate episode and i'm like why is homer simpson that's that's (laughs) that's who he is right right um but but going back and picking up some of those can really give you some interesting um interesting expansion of, of the Batman, the Batman world. So I think that, you know, checking out some stuff for for Batman that's not the mainstream stuff. Feel free to skip Justice League and anything to do with uh, uh, the new Batman. Uh, you're not missing anything. But, but dig back. The Lego Batman, not the worst movie. Has some good parts, has some bad parts. But, that, you know, check out those things. Um, and if you want to go really off the beaten path, I can recommend a couple of things. One is Gotham Central. It's a comic books that are about the Gotham police and how they have to deal with Batman. Batman rarely shows up in the comics, but he's just always a guy who's around
1: and basically fucking everything up for them. Because Is this, <laughs> is this the Batman version of half-life blue shift?
0: Uh, yeah. yeah it <laughs> okay. is. Okay. But it's, it's, it's an interesting comic book run. Um, and it's just, it's a fascinating to look at how, um, how the cops react to Batman. And there's also another one is, uh, Batman by Gaslight, I think it's called. It's a bit harder to find, but basically it puts Batman back in like I don't think I know if it's Victorian London, but basically that time period. Um, oh, steam like steampunk? Steampunk, yeah. But it's it's, like, it's not steampunk because it's, it's I think it's era accurate. Ah, okay. But but it puts him back in the, you know where he wouldn't necessarily have technology and all those things. More of a puts him more in the, in the detective role than than the standard. I'm a technological detective if you will
1: yeah they they really especially in the more recent stuff they really pile on the technology stuff right even the nolan trilogy does um but yeah uh i would also just attack on that recommendation i would recommend playing the uh arkham asylum series
0: yeah another another good
1: good addition for sure yeah i would so arkham asylum is a little old i would say right now because it's it's been a while uh I would still recommend playing Arkham City just because it's probably the best game of the series. Um, even yep. though it's the graphics are a little dated. Um Arkham Origins is okay. And Arkham Knight now, after the whole debacle, actually is a pretty good move, a pretty good game. The story is a little thin um for what the game is, but the gameplay is amazing. I, I really love the gameplay in that game. Um yeah. But, so yeah. Batman is always he's one of those love it or hate it characters and I think if you like it, the you know Matt's recommendations on the like off the beaten path media stuff is probably a good way of spending your time. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, I think that's all the time we had for today. Um, if you would like to talk to either of us, please email us at yourwrongcast at gmail If you can't spell that, the get bent because we don't want to hear from you. No, we don't. For now, I am Luciano. I'm Matt. And uh, we just wanted to let you know that you're entitled to your opinion. Just, Just know that it's wrong and everything will be all right. See you next time.